Daniel Gerard, CEO of Water Safety NZ, joins us now. You texted in before, Daniel, talking about the stats. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Kerry, and thank you once again for, for raising this um, ongoing national tragedy. Uh, it's, it's really interesting listening listening to the comments, and, and the reason I kind of wanted to touch base is there's a lot of misconception out there. Uh, look, education, without a doubt, is, is the foundation of it all, and, and all the comments around experiential learning and the chance to test your swimming ability or your survival skills in the environment are exactly right. So I, I commend the team for, um, for highlighting that. What we do need to remember and really, really highlight is the fact that 85 to 90% of all our fatalities are male and over three quarters of those are over the age of 40. Wow. So this is an older, yeah, this is an older man behaving badly challenge that um, that we really do need to address. How are you going to get the message through to them? Um, yeah, I put the, uh, the call out on one of the news segments the other evening that we really do need some behavioural scientists or behavioural psychologists to really get on board with, with this messaging and help us craft a way to get through to this bunch. Um, and look, I'm in that. I'm in that bunch and, you know, I, I've taken risks. I've done those dodgy things that we're not supposed to do. But I, I did, like yourself, grew up in an environment where the water was totally normal and yeah. it was part of our way of life. So they were managed risks. How many are new New Zealanders? Again, uh, not a huge number, um, we, we definitely see it as a, as a Pākehā male challenge, but Māori and Pacifica are both very overrepresented uh, in relation to their population. And Asian males rock fishing is really growing as um, yeah. a challenge to engage with. Right. So when it's the, the Pākehā male over 40, is it the boating accidents where they underestimate the conditions, don't wear life jackets, don't have the forms of communication needed? Yes, that's, that's the main function. Yeah. Um, we are seeing it. Yeah, a, a quarter of our training happens at the beach, a quarter happen um, in rivers, generally a quarter uh, in boats, and then a mixture of, of the other the other quarter. So... Pākehā male, absolutely um, not wearing life jackets, uh, making decisions that are putting everybody at risk, crossing a bar on a day that they shouldn't be crossing a bar, things like that. Yeah. Which all seems such common sense. Uh, yeah, and that's the bit that we seem to have lost, that it's no longer common. Yeah. Uh, we, we've missed something, and uh, whether... We need remedial classes for adults, whether it be specifically around swimming and, I guess, getting their expectations back to reality that, that they're not as fit and bulletproof as they were when they were, tw- when they were 20. Uh, and, and really looking at, at safer boating courses, making sure, as you said, that they're always wearing a life jacket, two forms of communication. I read in the, uh, or somewhere on the news, last night that there was a group of five with a small boat up north that capsized and none of them had 
life jackets on. And luckily they were able to get uh, back to some rocks. But, you know, that a five-metre boat and you're not wearing life jackets and there's five of you in it, it just seems bizarre. It does. I mean, I just feel for those people who who come to the rescue and the incredible New Zealanders who put their own safety at risk by taking a calculated risk that, yes, I know what I'm doing, I know this water, I'll go in there and I'll bring them out. Trying to literally breathe life back into somebody who's a much-loved husband or son or brother. I mean, the the and, and knowing it was preventable must be so frustrating. It must take a big emotional toll. Yeah. There's no, there's no question, and you know, you look at the the crew that are on the beach and Opatiri with, mm. you know, ex lifeguards or rescue helicopter or or paramedic nurses. You know, they it's just amazing. That could have been far, far worse situation. Yeah. So you know, hats off the the work that the lifeguards do, and and you know, you have the professionals at one end that are absolute you know, machines and, and athletes right through to, you know, the volunteer grandparent at times that are just doing amazing jobs on the beach. Yeah. And, you know, we all just, you know, put our arms up in, in frustration to say, what's what's going on? How, how can you think that that's a safe, a safe thing or a sensible thing to be doing? Um, you know, the guys yeah. at Pee are not able to swim. But of all the beaches in New Zealand, Surely you'd think that Pihau would be the last one you'd want to go to. Yeah, so you just wonder what sort of advice they get from, from hosts, from people who live here. Yeah, there's no question. And I've commented on that local knowledge, you know, particularly around the, the holiday season, that you've got to ask. You've got to be courageous enough or, you know, not be so, I don't know, almost cowardly to, to ask for assistance or, hey, look, what's the best time to cross the bar? You know, what's up? Uh, What's the best time to go for a surf, or you know, what's the incoming tide going to, you know, likely do? Uh, we've just just got to be sensible. God, <laughs> yeah. But as you say, that common sense is not so common, and maybe it's just that people are sick and tired of being told what to do in so many spheres of their life that they think the water is the one. Because you do, you feel it's that wonderful feeling of connecting with the water and being out over your head and being supported by the sea and and that trusting her to to hold you and as long as you're sensible it's a beautiful experience and that is what everybody should be entitled to mm. we should have you know this amazing connection with water the byproduct is that we actually know what we're doing in that environment mm. so we are safe so that we can constantly constantly enjoy it and you know the health and well-being of an individual is just so linked the health and well-being of our waterways and yeah. and our ocean. So it's all connected. Oh, I don't know, Daniel. I really don't. It must be so frustrating for you year in, year out, thinking, when? When will the message get through? Yeah, it really has. This year's taken quite the toll because, you know, me personally, because mm. it, it just seems to be every day I'm getting another police report or an update um, you know, to, to tell us that we've lost another family member, another, you know, part of the community. And it, you know, it's hard work. And then I got a, a phone call recently um, from a dad who'd bought a kayak, 
uh, you know, for the family for mm. Christmas, bought life jackets at the same time, went out with his six-year-old daughter in, in a river that was ankle deep, and he, he said to me, oh, I just felt like a dick wearing a life jacket in that sort of water. And they paddled a bit further, went round a, a corner. It became very deep. They got trapped under an overhanging tree, knocked out of the, the kayak. The kayak was gone. His daughter would have been gone. He would have been gone, he said. There's no way he could have saved her, let alone himself, if he hadn't put his life jacket on. And he rang me in an incredibly emotional state to say, I just put you and the water safety team in my mind when I was buying and putting on that life jacket to try and do something that's right. And, you know, those sort of things are the, you know, the glimmers of hope we have that shit, it is getting through, but... So many people it's not getting through to. Hopefully a few more. Daniel, thank you so much. Thank you for your time and thank you for your passion.